0: Welcome back to a, a brand new podcast. Um, this is a, a Real Talk episode, so obviously what we do with Real Talk, we invite people on to t- kind of tell their story. And today I've got Liam, uh, Liam Foster, a friend of mine from uh, from the gym. I keep getting lots of people on from the gym. I don't, just, I don't know. I think they all want to chat. But yeah, it's a brand new episode. So obviously if you're new to the podcast, uh, make sure you hit the little like Facebook button thing. Any comments? Any questions? Anything you want to ask Liam? Anything you want to ask me or the boys? Put it in down below. And obviously, if it's the audio version you're listening to, leave your feedback and a review. Feedback's fantastic to us, obviously, because we don't know we don't know if we're any good or not. So it's good to kind of get some feedback. But um, yeah, so let's get cracking while uh, while I'm here. I'm just saying uh, off camera. I'm a I'm a bit I'm a bit hungover today. I celebrated to so um, <laughs> yeah, it's my birthday, July twenty-first. So Put that in your calendars. That's my mark. Best. It in your calendars, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit sore today, but I'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Um, so yeah, this is Liam. Uh, how are you, buddy? You all right?
1: Yeah, very well, mate. Yeah, good. Um It was. It's actually been really nice to to finally get on the show because I know that was discussing oh. it. I remember when you was first actually in the process of actually making it all, and and we had, we discussed it at the Christmas do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, remember. I remember. Yeah, so you said that you wanted to try and do a podcast, obviously revolving around, um, you know, progress, of, you know, regarding mental health and stuff and other aspects, so I was like, you know what, obviously, because that's something what's close to my heart, it's something that's really close to yours as well, so I said anytime, obviously get me on and, you know, um, and here I am, obviously back from Australia, so I've, I said obviously I'll come on straight away, bud, so yeah, thank you for having me on. Ah, it's a pleasure,
0: mate, yeah, we got chatting, didn't we, and... Um... It's quite an eventful night, that I turned out Christmas parties at the <laughs> really gym, even by, by the way. If you ever get to, get to go to one <laughs> of our Christmas parties, they like are legendary, for a good party at practice, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, we kind of arranged to kind of get together and have a chat, and then you flew halfway around the world. <laughs> it never really left out. You,
1: I? Yeah, I left you out and dry.
0: But yeah, how are you? How's lockdown?
1: Yeah, lockdown's been going all right, mate. Um, I mean, I've just finally managed to get myself a job. Good lad. So... Came back from Australia at the sort of like mid-April time and ever since there it's been really difficult for me to find work. Um, obviously I'm assuming with, with everyone right now it's not just me, it's everyone's having a really really tough time. So I'm fortunate of course to start a new job next Monday uh, but it's took me a while to get there you know going through multiple interviews and being you know like I said unfortunately unsuccessful in quite a few of them but like I said my luck was my luck came in because I actually got the interview and the job the same day it was actually on my birthday which was last last week on the 16th so that was a a stroke of fortune um a bit of luck my way now and again so yeah it was it's been like I said mate it's been difficult um but like I said I'm just not on my you know I'm not on my own in that aspect I mean everyone's found it really really difficult and so hopefully in it can maybe ease as the as the uh, the next coming months um progress and stuff hopefully things get back to normal
0: yeah i think it's a bit of security for you isn't it that little kind of job thing as well and gets you gets you out and stuff for me like i've got another week i'm back at work next week it's been a long been a long few months me honestly like mm. if i had hair i'd pull it out but um, <laughs> i'm just about like i am just about out of it now. I can't wait to get back out there
1: and get back earning some money and getting back to normality. But it's just in a routine. We just I think everyone just needs a routine. This is the this is the thing. I mean I desperately need a routine. I mean I'm all out of whack about one. Um everything goes like completely just off course and stuff. So hopefully now I've got a job I can now finally get myself into a proper routine again.
0: Yeah, might get back. Uh gym's opening next week as well. So Exactly, yeah. Jim's a, a massive thing for there. us, obviously. So Doing some proper exercise, which we'll talk about actually later on in the in the definitely episode. So but yeah, Liam's story is quite an interesting one. Um kinda we'll get we'll get we'll get to some bits, but it goes through quite a lot of things. It goes through a lot of the things I've kind of gone through as well, which is fantastic with these interviews and the topics we talk about Cause I always say like you can always link something from someone else's story to your own kind of experience and stuff like that so some of the things Liam's been through, I've kind of been through myself like for Liam he went through a big confidence knocking kind of episode at uni and stuff like that and I kind of went through something similar so um on your little bio we ask people to kind of send like a little bio so on Liam's bio you mentioned growing up was wasn't actually that bad really was
1: it for for you Liam um, growing up was okay they they, it was yeah, it was a brilliant childhood mate like I said um I, can't, I don't have any qualms about it whatsoever I can't say anything negative I was I was fortunate obviously to have a um a really good childhood like I said I was very very close to um my grandparents obviously obviously yeah. you know you've got my mum but that's a given anyway um you're always gonna be close to to that but obviously it's only really been me and her. Um, so obviously I was that close to that close to my grandparents and the rest of my family as well we've, all, we've always been like a quite a, a close-knit family um, who always you know doing anything for each other and always there and stuff like that and um, obviously as the years progressed um, like it's good to be obviously kind of like maybe sort of like filtered out a little bit um, people you know went and did their own thing which is absolutely fine so you didn't really keep in contact with a of as many of them as you you probably wanted to, but like I said, apart from that, mate, yeah, I mean, childhood was absolutely fantastic. I just did what any kid did, just messed around. I was a bit of a prat, to be fair, when I was young, but you know, is what it know. isn't it? <laughs> uh, so mm. you mentioned, like,
0: you mentioned growing up, obviously, that kind of father father figure type thing. Was that a big thing growing up for you? Then, kind of looking towards that kind of stable kind of father figure. Obviously, you had your your, your granddad and stuff like that, which you there was a big influence on your life
1: yeah um it won't i don't think it was difficult for me because if i'm honest with you it's never really phased me not having a you know not knowing who my father was i mean i've always had i've had like stepfathers growing up you know my mom had and stuff like that so i always had sort of like a, a man figure there obviously don't get me wrong obviously it wasn't the same as having a you know like a proper father figure there every single day that kind of thing um teaching you stuff and learning your stuff obviously yeah. your mum and that kind of thing but like I said it's never really phased me I just did my own thing it only started to sort of like grind on me as I started to gradually get older like um like I I got more curious kind of thing uh, as to who it was um so obviously I really wanted to know because of course you've got your you know maternal side of the family you've also got the paternal side as well so of course I've never I've never known the paternal side I've also I've always you know known my mum's side and stuff so it'd be nice maybe to find out you know the other side of the family but I've never held a grudge or anything like that in regards to, to what happened maybe in the past or anything like that. It is what it is. And I just moved forward with it. So it's never it's never phased me um like maybe it, it could have done. Yeah. Um, you know, in some aspects. I've just like I said, it's it is what it is. It's one of those things. I didn't have one. I moved on and like I said, I had I had other male figures in my life that obviously showed me the ropes and, 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 and taught me how was to 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 grow up in the in the best possible way and stuff, which I'm fortunate about. So
0: um, so you mentioned mm. like your, your grandparents were kind of big influence on your life and you one of the big kind of early kind of stepping stones in your kind of in your in your life was a passing of one. It was, was your grandma, wasn't it?
1: So it was. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's about six years, six years now it's been since since we lost her. But that was I think it was harder for. Well, it was hard for everyone. But um the thing was, where I lived, she literally lived around the corner, like a two-minute walk away. So every single night without fail, I used to go and sit with her, no matter what it would be. It's, you know, if I was to make, make sure she was in bed okay, make sure she had something to eat and stuff. Whatever it was, I went to her house every single day, my little bungalow. Um, and like I said, I just made sure she was, everything was okay with her. Basically, it was just company for her because, of course, she lost my granddad um, in like 2005. So yeah. she was on her own. Of course, she still had obviously all the daughters and sons going down now and again when they could, but they couldn't always go down, of course, every day like I could. So I was in a, a good position, of course, because you can live around the corner, that I could just go and, and sit with her and, and, and do whatever. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, we, we got on like an absolute, you know, house on fire and she was, she was all right character. She was, she was, a, she was a brilliant character. So yeah, I mean, it hit ev- everyone like very, very, very hard when obviously we lost her. Uh, and it was quite, I think the, the worst thing about it was as well, that it was quite sudden. It was sort of like she she fell ill and on sort of like, let's say, for example, on a Friday. And by the Monday, she'd passed away kind of thing. Really? I think it was like that, if I remember rightly. So it was quite a, a quick turnover kind of thing. So it was trying to wrap your brain around it, you know, instead of a gradual process was quite difficult. But like I said, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it, mate? I mean, like I've she's always obviously with me, you know, in, in what I do. So is my granddad and everyone like that. Um, so we, I mean, like anybody, you always forget and uh, remember the good stuff, don't you, with, with everything. So yeah, she was a huge, huge part of my life, but, um, but like I said, I had, I enjoyed the memories I had with her and, you know, I'll always remember those, but she definitely taught me a lot of stuff, as did my granddad and, uh, and other things that, of course, I can take on to, uh, to maybe pass on to, to my kids whenever I have them. <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. <laughs> um... So you,
0: you, you, growing up was was fine. Was he any kind of? Alien, did you actually? Because you went to Pickering, you said, didn't you? You went to Pickering school. Yeah. And you had a pretty good school. You, you kind of enjoyed it, didn't you? And um, what mm. was what, what what kind of what was that like for you?
1: School was the best five years of my life, mate. Honestly, it was. Yeah. I, I can't fault any of it. Obviously, when I was going, I was like, ugh, I'm in school again, that kind of thing. But the friends that like, you don't, honestly, you do not realize how much you miss it until you've literally left. It's absolutely crazy. Like I remember just talking to my mates and stuff, like was in year eleven, was like, oh I can't wait to to you know like to, to leave school and we can go to college and we can go do this and go do that. But then soon as of course you, you leave, you always hear those like like stories about people who've left and said, oh school's the best time of your life, you'll you know, you'll literally gradually distance yourself from, you know, the, the friends that you saw every single day. And you thought to yourself back then, no, that's not going to happen. They're not with my group of friends, we'll always stay close. Um and it did, I mean, you, you don't keep, in unfortunately, as it is, the, the hard truth, you don't really keep in contact with them after that. Um, if you want for Facebook or, or social media you now, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I will not have a clue with the majority of the people I went to school, what they're doing and stuff. So I mean, Facebook's a godsend in that, in that regard, mate. But, but yeah, school was, school was the best time of my life. If I could just literally go back and relive like one day kind of thing, I've just been an absolute idiot. In school again like I used to be and stuff and just clowning around mate honestly I'd I'd do anything but yeah school was I can't knock school at all mate Pickering High School obviously it's serious academy now um but yeah Pickering High School was was the best five years of my life absolutely mate without doubt
0: so I I, it's it's different like you've you had a really good kind of time at school and school for me was horrendous (laughs) (laughs) I hated hate every minute of it, like, I hate, like... Why did you... What, what was wrong
1: with it, though, in your regard? Was it just, like, you I didn't... You didn't have like a
0: yeah, I got, I, got, I, got, I, got, uh, I got bullied quite a bit at school, so mm-hmm. I used to, like... I'd do anything, I'd do anything not to go. So, like, I'd wake yeah. up and I used to hate it, because I'd get bullied before I got there, and I'd get bullied when I was there. And then, like, uh, I used to, like, try and sneak out, sneak out the back, the back uh, entrance, so they'd just leave me alone, so... Mm. That kind of affected me quite a lot my school days. This is why I mention it on here. I always try and get people's kind of school days and stuff, because so, because, uh, some people kind of have different, and it kind of shapes who you kind of grow up to be. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, I think for for you, like, how did you get on at school? Did you get good grades and stuff? And
1: I was, I I always stated myself like I always say I'm like the bang average lad kind of thing. I just got bang average grades. Um, like I got C's across the board I don't think I got anything higher than that um, and then obviously when I went on to college let's say for example I got bang average grades but still passed and stuff so I never sort of like exceeded huge expectations but I never fell below par. if that makes sense either yeah um, but yeah I mean yeah grades I'd have liked to obviously got better grades of course uh, and if I I would have gone back now mate like there was a, a couple of like subjects I may have um, gotten a better grade out if I maybe did a little bit more Mm. Uh, revising kind of thing, but like I said, I'm I'm proud of him, and I'm not being funny as well, mate. But every single job I've gone gone for, pretty much, they don't really, really care kind of thing. It's it's nuts to be fair. So, <laughs> well, I'm the
0: same. Like every kind of job I've had do, I could literally write anything. I could write anything on my grades or so
1: mm. yeah, whatever. I just man. don't check. Stay in school, really? is Is important. Yeah, definitely stay <laughs> in school and don't lie about your grades. But, but yeah. To be fair, but I mean, if you're listening to it and, and you know what I mean, and you are in school, whatever, and you, you know you do get quite you you know like quite bad grades and stuff, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, So
0: yeah, it's not the end of the world. I think that's one of the big things. I think uh, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there? Especially on uh, on kids nowadays to to get a good mm. education and there's a lot of pressure on there. and you see it with the, with the mental health statistics don't you with um, kind of uni students as well college students even primary school and stuff the pressure
1: on kids now is ridiculous it's crazy yeah mm. there's a lot of pressure on them obviously to, to perform and, and, and do well and be the best in the class kind of thing and it's just like too much pressure on them at an early age as well isn't it which is the which is the bad thing so i mean it's all well and good i'm all for people doing uh, you know the best for themselves but Maybe leave it to a certain age when you start, obviously, maybe telling them certain stuff. And that. You don't want to put pressure on them at such a young age. I think so, yeah, mate. Um,
0: so you you progressed through school, progressed through college, and then you went to uni? So you went to Birmingham, did you say? You went to
1: Birmingham Uni? Yeah, Birmingham University I went to. went to Hull College um, and studied media, um, which, again, was, was, I can't fault it, absolutely brilliant stuff. Met some amazing people and then went on to... Um, Went on Birmingham University to study radio, which is, of course, it's still a big dream of mine to to try and get into. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like took a a bit of a, a sour turn in the in you know the last couple of years because it is very very difficult to get your foot in the door in radio. Um, yeah. It's it's better to know people, of course, as opposed to what you know, which is, you know, the it, you know the age old saying so to speak so I mean it it is quite difficult I mean don't get me wrong I have been to like London Studios I've been to Manchester Studios and I've been to Umbersad and and whatever and when I was in Australia I went to a you know a radio station over there to try and get some experience but yeah you've got to have that you've got to have a stroke of luck um when it comes to that and like I said you've got to have that look to try and get your first first of all get your foot in the door and then to go from there so but like I said university was could have been better but that's where obviously everything kind of like stemmed from and started uh, when I was at university in regards to like mental health and stuff.
0: Yeah. the uh, Liam's story um, is quite an interesting one, I think because um, university is meant to be this big thing, isn't it? You meant to go to uni and enjoy yourself and it's meant to be a big thing. Mm. You It went the other way, didn't it? Um, you're kind of, was it that the um, this thing you developed, like you had uh, acne and stuff. Um, was that it? Was that just mm. the big kind of critical point in it, was it just the the kind of
1: confidence thing like that? Or was it- Pretty of- much, mate, that's literally where it all stemmed from. Yeah, the acne was the root cause, acne was the was literally like the the be all and end all in regards to what caused obviously the mental health. Um, I mean, I wrote like an article last year in regards to when obviously I told everyone on the store because I've been held in it for so long. And one of the things that I wrote in there was that, like everyone has, I just thought it was normal, like everyone gets bad skin when they're about, you know, whatever, when, when the setting age, is 17, when obviously they're growing out of that adolescent kind of age, and then you get bad skin, and then you just think, eventually, it'll just go away, especially if you're a lad as well, um, you know what I mean, you just think to yourself, oh, eventually, it'll just probably um, go away and stuff, and I'll be fine, yeah. but I just didn't really take care of my skin back then, uh, and I think what aggravated it a lot more is that I started to get, obviously, not confident about going out, and then... I remember talking to my friend one time. They said, look, have you ever tried putting, I don't know, like a you know, bit of foundation or something, or your mum's makeup drawer or something like that over a spot? And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's good thinking to be fair. Yeah, I didn't think of that. So I did it, and obviously it covered it up. It covered the redness, and then obviously I had a little bit more confidence to say, right, I can go out now without being embarrassed about this massive thing here. But then what transpired after that is that I kind of sort of like began, I began to sort of like rely on using it. Um, because obviously it started to grow. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I was like putting it on and then I was taking care of my skin. I wasn't taking care of my face because I thought, oh, it's fine. Um, and then obviously the more, more I got, the more makeup I put on. And yeah. then it just, it wasn't sort of like, there was like a big pot of makeup and I just went, and it put my face in it and it was, these <laughs> so, see those people. Yeah, exactly. Like a Trump face where it's this like, orange and then it's just white yeah. there and stuff. So. Yeah, It wasn't that kind of thing. It was just like, at little dabs obviously just to get rid of the redness and stuff like that to so had the embarrassment, but because I didn't know what I was doing it made it obviously it aggravated it a lot worse yeah. uh, and made it you know a hundred million times worse and of course I just got more and it got spread and I was like oh Jesus but then when I went to university because I was living in sort of like an ensuite room quite a small room as well that's when it started to just get worse and worse and worse and I remember just spending so much time on the computer so much time revising on on, on skin products, on, on diet and stuff, on the best foods to clear your skin and I've spent so much time and i wasted so much time as well trying to research and all these these fads and all these fad diets and all these uh, uh, amazing supplements that you just have a couple of pills a day and it's, all, it's magically gone I was like, oh yeah, I'll get that. Because obviously I was naive back then, I didn't have a clue, I just wanted a quick fix to get rid of it so I could enjoy my time at university but obviously nothing helped um, and it just got worse and worse and worse. I ended up having a uh, wearing like a beanie my hair got really really long. So my fringe like went right down there. My hair was like down there So sort of, like around there, kind of thing and I ended up having to wear a beanie just so my fringe would stay in place and cover my forehead Because obviously the the majority of the the spots was all on my forehead. So if I could hide that yeah. And obviously with a beanie solid secured it in place. It was like a padlock so it was just literally fixed in my head that was there And then obviously no one saw it, but obviously I still had things around there, but it was, I tried to not let it dampen me, but the problem is, and I think I discussed it with you, obviously in the actual bio itself, is that I'm a very, very prideful person. So especially when it comes to appearance, I'll always try and at least look somewhat good and feel good about myself. So when that was happening, when I couldn't have, I didn't have any control over it, that's when I started to like really fall into that black hole kind of thing. So I was like, look, I can't get out of this. I literally don't know what to do. Um, and of course, I didn't have the funds. I didn't have the resources because um, I was at university and living on my own and stuff like that and trying to, you know, to to fund myself and stuff, so to speak, and, uh, and live there on my own. I couldn't exactly go and pay for a, a top end dermatologist over there in Birmingham as well because yeah. You know, it's just a lot of money. So I didn't even get professional help. So it was just a battle that I was unfortunately having to, to do on my own. And that's when, of course, the mental side really kicked in because I just isolated in my, you know, myself in the room, for like, some days, like three or four days in a row without actually coming out at all. Yeah, so it, it wasn't nice. It wasn't a good experience at all. To be fair. Yeah.
0: It was was that the big trigger then, the, the kind of brought on your kind of anxiety and stuff because you um, – kind of didn't go out and stuff and it kind of it's a bit of a confidence Mm. thing wasn't it It really did kind of trigger your confidence issues as well
1: absolutely mate yeah it 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 completely kicks you while you're down like I said you you fall into sort of like that black hole and you just can't get out of it but then obviously that comes to depression then I never knew what really depression felt like until I was isolated in my room like for like I said for days on end sometimes I didn't go to class sometimes I didn't even want to meet friends and I, I did waste a lot of opportunities when I was at university to try and progress myself and maybe my grades would have been better. I mean, I eventually, I think I got 2-1 in the end, which is, I'm, I'm actually proud with, but I maybe could have got, you know, a better grade, you know, um, if I really had the confidence to go to class or really study hard and stuff like that. So it definitely put a damper and it wasn't just the studying part of university. It was the enjoyment of meeting new people, living with new people and stuff. This is the first ever time I'd lived away from home so obviously I, I was really excited about meeting new people and going to parties or living the proper uni life and it just didn't happen like whatsoever um and then when i did of course eventually finish and i got the letter of saying look you know well done for finishing your graduation is on the 21st of july whatever um i remember being at the table reading the letter and I just turned to my mum and I was like I can't go i said i, I literally I cannot i cannot face going literally when I was like this and of course even when I was back home it was getting worse and worse and worse and I'd lost loads of weight like I was so skinny it was unbelievable just looked really gone and stuff because like I said I wasn't I didn't want to go in the kitchen and cook because obviously everyone would would obviously socialize in the kitchen from the dorm so what I used to do is literally wait until like 11 o'clock at night wait till everyone is either out getting pissed or, or or sleeping and stuff and then I used to sort of like creep into the kitchen and then cook, like, like a small meal or something like that, because I'm still a crap cook, but I was an even worse cook back then. So, like, I had pasta, and it turned into soup on time because I'd left it on for too <laughs> long, for example. So it was, it was a mess. So I lost loads of weight as well. So I was just, yeah, it was, it was horrible. Like, when I came back home, people were like, you you okay, like, you look really... And straight away, I think the first time I started to get really embarrassed around my family is when my cousin actually said to me, are you wearing makeup? Like, just off the question, it wasn't obviously to to belittle me. It was just like, are you you got makeup on? And I was like, no. It's like, what what makes you say that? She went, yeah, you have. I can tell I'm a girl. I can see when you've got makeup on. And I was like, oh. And then, obviously, I just said, oh, yeah, just a bit. And then you're, like, so embarrassed after that. Because, obviously, as a male, a male wearing makeup and, and, uh, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, as bad as it sounds, unfortunately, you do get people who are really, really judgmental and stuff like that. So I was, oh, I went into a shell, and I just locked myself in my room when I came home. And just didn't see hardly anyone, and just became a, a a huge recluse, like I was at university. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's. I think that's a, 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 one of the big kind of effects of it, isn't it? A lot of people do that; they just isolate themselves and don't go mm. outside and stuff. Especially with obviously what you went through with the, that kind of confidence thing. Um. So what was 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 that it then? Was that you just didn't leave? You didn't socialize? What was relationships
1: like? Did you obviously make relationships friends, really dwindled and out? Um. Yeah, friends, like I lost a good chunk, uh, a good number of years um, with, with my best friends just because literally it got to the point where there was asking me to still do things and I would make up a, a, a crap excuse of, of not to go um, just because obviously I just couldn't face it. Sometimes I'd maybe go and play football now and again but still I had a hat on kind of thing and I just, I wasn't myself and obviously how I described it, it was like when you're in new kid at school, and you're trying to fit in, but you're not quite sure of the of the band. Like the band had changed, and I couldn't couldn't associate myself with these people who I loved and I grew up with, and I I, spelled, I spent like a majority of my childhood with, and now sort of like strangers because I I've I'm not seen them for such a long time. And literally every time they asked me to do something, instead of just me just being open with them and honest and saying, Look, this is what I'm going for at the moment, even though obviously I was maybe about twenty twenty-two, so obviously I was still young kind of thing, but I just couldn't, so I just make up a crap excuse of not to go. And then I think eventually they started clicking on. And I think in their head they just thought I didn't want to associate myself with them anymore. Maybe I didn't like them or something like that. So they just stopped inviting me, which I which I completely agree with. I mean, this comes to a point where you ask someone so many times to do things, and if they keep saying no, you just like, you know what? Then we'll it is what it is. Then we won't invite you to any more things because we know the answer's going to be we know the answer before we've been asked yet. And it got to the point where I really lost the relationships with them, and I, yeah, obviously I can't get back those years. But now, of course, I have formed the relationship back with them all, and I'm I'm really close with them again, like I used to be, which I'm so glad about. I mean, I see him pretty much all the time now, uh, as well, like I used to. So I can't get back those years, but I can, of course, I can make it up now with them all, yeah. um, and you know, and do things and go places with them and, and do stuff, which I, I was never confident with before. Now I can do all that stuff with them again, which is which is good. Um but yeah, relationships really took a took a ten for the way she I didn't have really much relationships at all if I'm honest to you, mate. Yeah,
0: I was I like like I said, I always say, but yeah, I was I was the same. Like I was going through something and I just like mm. you just uh, like you say, I just made excuses and just didn't bother, like didn't even leave my bedroom for like days and days and days and it just it yeah. <laughs> I think it just grips you, doesn't it? Like it just takes hold of you and it just
1: it's a weird thing. I can't describe it. It's, it's very hard to explain, innit? it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... No, I don't think, if you hadn't had it before, you, you won't really understand how it really just pulled you in and you just yeah. cannot snap out of it. And every single day, you're like waking up thinking, no, I have to go through it all again kind of thing. Like, how am I going to be today? What, what's going to happen today? Like, I used to get scared when the phone... Like, I used to get nervous and scared when the phone rang downstairs. And my mum used to go, Oh now then so and so how are you doing? Yeah, I'll just go and put him on. And then my heart was just beating out my chest because I was like, Now what excuse am I gonna come up now? Cause I know they're gonna ask me to do things, or are they gonna come round unexpectedly and I look like this and I was like, This is, I mean, it was just a constant battle and it was yeah, it was it was it was horrible, just a constant battle with your own head. Um, so
0: you kind of what you went through at uni, did you did you did you talk to anybody about it? Did you like go to the university and say, Look, I'm I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that and did you actually go and try and get a little bit of help then or was it just a I'm not leaving my I'm not leaving my dorm room kind of thing
1: yeah it was to be fair I wish I did back then and I wish I really got help of course in regards to a dermatologist let like, say for example as well and I don't know why it didn't. I think it was just because I was maybe, I don't know if I was scared. I don't know if I was, I was, I think it was a huge part of it was embarrassment. I was so embarrassed about telling someone. And obviously now I look back at it and obviously it's silly because of course, mental health is such a huge thing now. But even back then, like seven or eight years ago, whenever it was, um, things were a little bit different still. And I think we've come on leaps and bounds in the last couple of years, of course, in regards to talking about it and stuff. But even back then, like eight years ago, it was still sort of like a stigma around it. And I was still very, very embarrassed. I think I talked to one of my friends who was in my class, and I was really close with him, and I'm still really good friends with him now. And I think I told him basically what was happening with me. I think I sent him like a huge sort of like message on Facebook. I think it was saying, "Look, mate, this is what's happening with me right now." Because obviously he was getting a little bit sort of like worried about me because I'd not been at university for a few days and he had come out to my dorm and stuff, so he didn't have a clue. on. and I'm, I'm. I was like very, very bad at communication and and communicating with people and stuff. And to be fair, I still am now and again. But um, so obviously it was like getting worried. So when he messaged me saying, look, mate, you haven't been at uni for a couple of days now. Is everything okay? I just came clean and said, look, this is what's going on with me right now with my skin, with everything. I'm so embarrassed and stuff. Um, I think it was sort of like in the, I remember the message. I didn't actually go into great detail about the mental side of things. I think I literally just, put it all on him about what I felt like because of my face. I didn't tell him that, oh, I can't because I'm depressed and stuff, because that didn't really come about. Like, I didn't even think about what depression was then. It was just embarrassment, pure, pure embarrassment about not wanting to to see people and stuff. And I knew that he wouldn't even mind. Like, if I came out and he had eyeliner on and and lipstick and outfits or whatever, yeah, exactly, he wouldn't have cared. But obviously, you you don't think of that. Even when a person says, look, I'm not bothered, you know, what you look like and stuff like that. We just want to see you and hang out with you. That doesn't register. That just literally goes through there, goes out there and you don't take any notice of that because how you feel is, yeah, you just can't shake that. So, um yeah, it was, I didn't talk to anyone. And like I said, if I could go back, maybe I would have done things differently because I was just so embarrassed. And I just began to sort of like get, this get really lethargic. Like I used to stay in bed, like oh, I used to stay up to like six in the morning and then used to like get up about five o'clock in the in the evening the day is gone yeah you know I, know what I mean and it's yeah. just it was no life yeah we, we want no life at all especially when you're away from home as well did you um was
0: you in contact then with your obviously with your family obviously you speak to your family but did you did you mention anything to, to your mum or obviously anyone like nothing,
1: that Nothing. nothing mate no I mean to be fair in all honesty we've even though obviously I'm an only child and stuff like that, and it's, it's really just been, of course, me and my mum, we do have a good relationship, but we've never been that close in regards to telling each other stuff. It's mm. never really been sort of like a relationship like that. Um, I don't know why, but it just never has. So, like, sometimes I find it a bit difficult and stuff like that to discuss things like that with her. But yeah, I never, I, even with the people I was closest to, um, and like the people now let's like say for example who I do tell a lot of things to even then I was like I'm not telling I didn't tell no one I just kept everything in it wasn't until maybe like I said about two three years ago when I really let everything out because everything was just getting on top of me so much and the thoughts were, were getting a little bit more severe and stuff that's when I said look and now it just got to a point where I just popped and I was like I need to explode and I just need to tell someone something but back then because it was still quite fresh I wouldn't dare Tell anyone because I was so embarrassed and stuff. And I think that's the problem these days. And it is so, so difficult for people to open up. And that's why, of course, when I wrote that thing last year about obviously what I went through and stuff, my main passion in regards to writing that and what I really wanted to happen is I wanted to make people believe and see that as hard as, of course, what it is right now, whatever they're going through, all it takes is just to reach out to someone. And then, of course, that ball will slowly start to get uh, to see, obviously, start to roll it's it bigger and bigger and bigger of course because once you tell one person you get that confidence to tell the next person and obviously it goes from there kind of thing I mean that's that's what happened with me so uh, and he had a lot of good messages when I put like I said I had a lot of good feedback when I put that thing last year a lot of people getting in touch with me a few people got in touch with me said I you know, I've suffered through the same thing I can't believe you've gone through yeah. the same thing I thought it was only me and this is what I mean you, you, there's probably a lot of people still out there whilst you know silently struggling with it um and like like i said i i don't interview him because it's so difficult to open up first thing and just tell somebody something
0: yeah i think like obviously like uh, i'll put um liam's article i'll put it up i'll i'll post. i'll put it on the um on the description up, up there so go check it out it is really really it's a good read actually it is a really good read. Some solid like he, he tells his story um which is getting out there now but yeah it's a really good article i'll i'll, I'll put it up there for you to read um I, I totally agree like it, um talking and stuff like that it's 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 massive especially like obviously you've kind of come out and started talking a little bit more and stuff and saying how much you struggle mm. with certain things i think especially around what you went through um that kind of body image for men as well i think is yeah for us men like for me i was i was a big kid uh, I, uh, I always I, I get my body off. <laughs> i always say i get my body off my bum it's weird <laughs> big is <big laughs> and stuff, and uh, sorry, bummed with you. Yeah, so for me, I was I was like a, a chubby kid at school as well. So obviously the the bullying and stuff, and it's just the the, the confidence it, it, it just drains on me, isn't it? And uh, the pressure on us men yeah. to look a certain way. We we've had uh, Rebecca on talking about the kind of pressure on on women to kind of look a certain way, and obviously like the pressure on men is 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 just ridiculous isn't it you've got to look like someone off love island and exactly that, unfortunately yeah. if you look at Liam's totally different I look a different way you look down the street everyone looks different mm-hmm. and it's the pressure on us to kind of look a certain way to have a 12 pack of abs and whatever and it's just, <laughs> just not how we we look and the mental health that goes with that obviously with, with you speaking out about that kind of body confidence thing is is massive and when I started talking like you said you have people reaching out to you and I, I, I get messages now still from like people from school as well, like saying, you know, I've, I've yeah. stumbled across your podcast or I stumbled across one of the one of the videos. I saw you on telly, yeah, I was on telly. I saw you on telly and stuff, and it's crazy, isn't it? Like how people reach out and stuff. How have you found kind of coming out and talking and stuff like that? Has it been all positive and stuff, or have you had kind of any
1: knockbacks? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's certain aspects where I think now. Because I am quite open with it, I think sometimes I'll I'll maybe jump the shark. Let's say, for example, I'll I'll tell some of my story quite quickly. For example, maybe I've just met them or something like that. Because deep down, I'll get afraid that I'm afraid that maybe eventually, if I if I do tell the story, maybe down the line that they're gonna think, oh, you know what I mean, or something like that. And it's just like, a, and I need to snap out of that mentality. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, like I said, what I need to really work on um and obviously when it when it comes to obviously how I think and uh, and my mentality regards to certain situations and stuff but uh, but yeah I mean the majority of it was apart from that was has it, been fantastic like I said it's just a it's nice to know that people now know obviously what I was going for and it wasn't just because I was being ignorant or it wasn't because of course I didn't want to associate myself with them or uh, I just didn't like him anymore or because I was just boring or something like that like These are all the things, of course, what what did, of course, come up in the last couple of years when I was going through all the stuff. I was either boring or I didn't want to do things. I was just a recluse and I was just this and that. And, And of course, when I came out with my story, people were like, right, I had no idea. You know what I mean? And that is normally what happens, of course. You say your story and then someone, of course, gets in touch with me saying, look, I'm really sorry, mate, I had no idea. But I don't want them to apologise because it's not, it wasn't there and it's still not. It's no one's responsibility, of course, to... To take ownership of course, what I was going through and stuff. And I never want to make people feel bad for not realizing what I was going through. Because at the end of the day, I didn't tell anyone. So I was supposed to know. And when people said, Yeah, but you should have saw the warning signs and stuff, no, don't work like that. And like I said, I never ever want anyone to feel like they need to, they need to like, I don't know, walk an eggshells around me in case to do this and do that. I'm still the same person. Like I said, I'm a lot more confident now, especially of course yeah. in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like I said, I'll I'll still get down like anybody does, but I'll I'll try and manage it uh, in a much better way now as opposed to just, like going into sort of like a shell of myself and just not coming out and talking to anyone, that kind of thing. I will, of course, I'll reach out to someone and say oh, I'm having a, a bit of a bad time at the moment, or you know, my mind's a little bit in the gutter at the moment because me, I overthink. I don't know about you, Matt, but I definitely overthink yeah. way too much, mate. Yeah, I um, think that's one of the and that's obviously one of the things I really need to. i'm the same yeah
0: i I constantly overthink everything everything it's one of the big kind of side effects of what kind of mental health's done to me i I just i think it's that it's that time you spend being a recluse you you just start going over and over and over and over yeah for me it's my overthinking's all negative really i I see the Mm. best situation and it just it just goes i think that's why i struggle with Obviously, with, 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 I went through my divorce and stuff, and I went through a bit of a shitty relationship after that. And um, that kind of knocked it even worse. It's, it, I just overthink everything. I think that's one of the big kind of side effects, I think. For me, I think a lot of the other people we've spoke to, and I'm sure some of the people you've spoke to, were overthinking is, is the worst thing. I mean, how bad, how bad is
1: overthinking for you, obviously, uh, going through what you went through? Big time it explored a, a lot of things like I said I've never I've never had a relationship a proper relationship like as as far as I can remember and I think that's probably due to the fact that I've never really had a lot of confidence especially when growing up and stuff like that and it's only in the last couple of years let's say where that has come out of me a lot more Um I mean I'm a lot more it's weird because I'm a lot more confident in certain situations what a confident person wouldn't be so let's say for example when I was at college or or university i was confident i getting get in, in behind a microphone or behind a camera and stuff and, and talking to a large audience and stuff like that and that's what a lot of people suffer with sometimes who oh, i'm confident like oh i don't like talking to like big crowd and stuff but that didn't bother me but then obviously in the confidence issues where trying to sort of like form a, a relationship with someone trying to find a let's say a girlfriend let's say as well so it was like I said, I think on what you touched on just a, a moment ago as well in regards to the, to the body images and, and stuff like that, I think the worst thing that came out of it for me, or one of the worst things that came out of it for me, obviously suffering from all this, was, was body dysmorphia. Yeah. And just looking like literally, I'm not even kidding, like I'd look in the mirror and I'd just stay there like for ages and ages and ages and ages and ages and, ages, and I'd just try and find a flaw. So let's say if I could see like a, oh, I could see maybe like a bump coming up there, I'd be like, oh, end of the world. Here we it. go, then. <laughs> it was just, and see, Obviously, mate, yeah, I just look at myself and I think, right, there must be a flaw, there must be something. And I'd go to work or something like that, and I'd, people would see I was down. And it, because obviously, eventually, you can't put on that mask forever. Mm. Eventually, people do start to, to see the cracks and stuff. And people would, like I said, the people at my last job at Whole Daily Mail I worked at was. I think a big part of my recovery to prefer, fair, certain, especially certain people and support helped me. And they used to say, look, I know when you're, you're down, what's going on, what's the matter, what, what's happening. Let's go for a chat in the room and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, just my face today or something like that. Oh, it took me ages to get ready. Like I nearly lost my job there when I first ever started because it took me in the morning, like about maybe an hour and a half to get ready to put like, to make sure like my, if I have a spot, maybe it's covered up or something like that or whatever. And, and make sure I do feel confident in myself. And then of course I was late for work because I'd be, then booking the courage to step out the door because I'd think, oh, everyone's going to be starting to look at me. Everyone's looking at me. Oh, they're looking at my face. What, what have I gotten? Blah blah blah. And um, but then when I went to work and I discussed that with people, people would turn around and say, well, isn't that wrong with you? Like, there's literally I can't yeah. see anything wrong with it. But and this is the yin and yang. It was just like it was a constant battle like that to to try and listen to their advice and to listen to what they were saying because it was being truthful with me. But then it's the battle of the you know of my own head thinking well don't be a dickhead of course you look like an absolute mess right now what you you know don't listen to them so it's like the little angel and the little devil on your show, kind of just messing with your mind but yeah body dysmorphia was horrible because like I said it not in regards to like everyone wants a, a you know a better body let's like, say for example everyone wants a, a huge Jackman kind of figure and stuff because obviously you feel good about yourself you look good once you look good you feel good and stuff you know what I mean you want to feel the best in yourself you want to look the best and stuff you want to take pride in your appearance but so body wasn't really an issue for me and stuff it was just the face and I was just like wow you are like I used to be in the mirror like wow like Jesus Christ like I just used to pick flaws and stuff so that was one of the yeah worst things to come out of it all I've been obviously body dysmorphia and just not not accepting me for who I was and stuff and I was you know thinking negatively about myself and just constantly picking at the the worst things and stuff like that which like I said I think it's I've gradually gotten better um, and I don't do that as much now, so it's all a learning process, and it? it's all a gradual Love process. It.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's the, the big thing to get across to anyone who's who's watching. Hopefully you are and listening. Hopefully you are. Um, it is just, it's a constant work in progress. It, it, it doesn't happen overnight, which I think a lot of people kind of pin on. Don't they pin like, oh, it, there's no quick fix. Is the there's no quick fix to this thing? It's it's a long process. Like I'm. What five years I would say, six years I think down, and I'm like, do you know what I mean? I'm nowhere near where I thought I would be, and it's it is a long process. But I think that's that's the test. It's a test of you of your kind of mental fortitude, I think. And if mm. you don't if you don't give up, I think that's the big thing. If you just don't give up, and yeah, like. Liam's done, and like uh, like I've done, and the people we've had, we've had obviously Tim and Matt on the podcast and stuff. who do the podcast with me. If you just don't give up, you can crack on, and things do get better, don't they? Like you say, like you know, some days you're all right, and some days you're not all right. It's just one of them yeah. things, I think. And the more you, the more you learn about yourself, I think that's I've learned so much about myself during this whole process. I think I think that's one of the big things. I think people need to, to learn out of coming out of a mental health issue or depression or mm. body dysmorphia or it does get better over time though i think that's yeah. the, the must the thing you must stress it is a long process of
1: course it is there's things you can do yeah.
0: Yeah. so um when did you start kind of getting help where, where did you go what 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 did, what did you do
1: so I went to. So it was about. Uh, it was when I was still at Hull Daily Mail, um, and I remember reaching out to a good friend of mine. It was actually like one of the trainers, so it was like a, like, a, sort of like a, one of the bosses kind of thing as well. But she was such a an amazing, amazing help. And I remember just one day it was just it was just way too much for me to handle. I was just I just felt suffocated in the office, and I was like, I need to get out because I'm going to lash out, and I could feel myself getting angry and stuff like that. And I was like, Wow, this is good. And I was like, well, I haven't felt like this before. Like this is now, it's turning to sort of like rage and depression and stuff. And I can't be, because I was snapping at people. Like I was going home and I was snapping. I was at work and I'd maybe sometimes snap. And I was like, no, I need to put an handle on this right now. Um, so I remember just going to the office with Vicky. She's called and she's amazing, amazing person. Hopefully she's listening because like I said, she's a, an amazing woman. And I remember just coming out of it all. And I said, look, I said, this is what's been going on. I went to university and I told her my whole story and she was like, and she just sat down with me and said look she said it's not embarrassing to go and get help first of all go and see a dermatologist let's say for example and, and she knew people who, were, who was going through exactly the same which is quite a, a a weird coincidence to be fair sort of like one of her family members let's say was going through exactly the same thing as i was with with skin and stuff um obviously so then i had another friend there to talk to and she did i developed a, a huge friendship with her as well and she still means a lot and obviously she uh, and vicky does as well and just what they did and the advice that they gave me and ever since that point there was always there for me no matter what when i was down and stuff they always wanted to have a conversation with me in a chat and they'll always regularly check in and stuff but and then i thought to myself Do you know what now i need to see a dermatologist i need to get to the root cause of the problem because i thought to myself if i can just get rid and, and uh, of what was going on with my face then my mental health will slowly start to get better as well it's all sort of like a, a cycle so I start with a dermatologist. He helps me. Then I get in a better mindset and stuff. Once I see my skin getting better and stuff, then my mental health will get a lot better. It's not that easy because you've still got those scars and stuff, that you know, lingering and stuff, which don't leave you. But like I said, for the it was a godsend. I went to a dermatologist. He helped me out hugely um, and gave me some brilliant life advice as well, which was fantastic. Um, and then I eventually, because, of course, I still had the mental scars, so to speak, in regards to depression, I then thought, you know what, I need to reach out to someone now, I'm sort of like a professional, just get everything off my chest, and that's when I went to uh, Let's Talk, and got in touch with those guys, um, and talked to a woman, can't remember her name, I wish I did, because like I said, she was amazing, What what's good about Let's Talk, and the people are in that business, and in that, you know, uh, profession, is that they just listen to you, they just, sometimes they will ask questions, don't get me wrong, they wanna know more about you, and stuff like that, and they wanna know how you're doing, if you're gonna hurt yourself, that kind of thing, which I never was, but, they just listen to you, and I said, "Look, what's been going on with you?" Then tell me your story, and they'll just sit back. And sometimes I won't even write notes. Sometimes I just want a general chat with you. And I think sometimes that's what you need. You need someone that's not a family member or not a friend, or, or you're embarrassed to like to tell things to. You just need a, a complete stranger who does, of course, still have a background in, in in mental health and be able to push you in the right direction and you know what the best course of action is. Sometimes that's the best thing. So those guys that let's talk. I mean. If ever you know I mean if anybody's ever feeling down and stuff, it's such a simple process as well to get in there yeah um, and it was brilliant and stuff, so that that really helped as well talking to someone i
0: will put uh, i will put um let's talk up on on when i when I post it out there'll be a link yeah. up, if anyone wants any help or anything like that, I'll put some links up there for people to kind of go through but yeah i i did i had the same I went professional first you know, therapy and stuff like that and um. It's the, honestly it could have been a com she, just a complete stranger just to listen and then like just um just i just unloaded i said on here before like i got in she asked my name and i didn't shut up for like <laughs> 90 minutes <laughs> yeah i just went i just went to town i bet she was shocked yeah because you just like you just bought everything up don't you like uh, like you mentioned in your i think it was your article where you said you hold a
1: hold a ball underwater and uh he hold it underwater for so long, and then obviously yeah, you let it go, and it that's it. Yeah, I, 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 I like I
0: said, read your article, and I, that really stuck with me. That yeah, you just you've just got to let it out. I think that's the best thing to to kind of say to everybody. Is just let it out, no matter who it is. Yeah, it be obviously a friend or a, a partner, uh, family, or just just seek these guys out. They are, well hundreds of services out there. You can go talk to one of those. So you can just obviously grab your mate and have a chat which I think is obviously very good as well but I do like that professional thing of obviously kind of getting to the bottom of things and stuff like that and yeah. kind of explain things differently in a kind of clinical way as
1: well. Yeah. Uh, I have a few questions which you, obviously your family and your friends probably won't ask as well because of course they've yeah. been in that situation a few times before so they know exactly what buttons to press and stuff to to get to the root cause of what's really happening and stuff whereas your friends and family god love them of course they'll just want to know if you're okay basically if you're not going to hurt yourself that's like the, one of the first things i remember talking to people and it's like oh you know you're not going to do anything now and stuff like that And it's like look no those thoughts don't get me wrong maybe across my mind now and again and stuff yeah but i was always afraid to think of things like that because i, I was petrified of it so i never would have got to that stage and i think that's why i was in such a vicious cycle because um i didn't just i didn't want to cope with it anymore so i didn't wanted to keep living with what i was living going through and stuff like that and waking up and having to go through it again but at the same time i couldn't do anything about it because i was never just gonna you know opt out or, or do anything to harm myself so i was like and how do i get out of this situation then so it was just a, such a yeah it was a horrible horrible like vicious cycle to, to to be inside it was horrible yeah so how did you feel then how did you feel kind of talking about it and stuff
0: was it a good experience because my my first two were pretty bad because obviously we went kind of pretty deep and then obviously the the easier it gets the kind of we started having a laugh and just bantering each other to be
1: fair (laughs) how did you you kind of come out of it she was lovely to be fair I mean in regards to when I was talking to, to to the lady of course it was just the conversation all the time how are you doing you know what's been going on with you how are you feeling today what's made you feel that way and stuff so she was asking professional questions but when I wrote that article and when I basically told everyone after so many years of course of bottle it inside, that was the first time I actually really let it out to everyone. I was, I was crapping myself. Like I remember literally what it was. I got out the shower and it was a Saturday and I think my mental health used to get a lot worse on a weekend and it used to be exasperated due to the fact of social media and it's, That is literally the long and short of it. I'd look on my, I look on my phone, and I'd scroll through Facebook, and I'm seeing all these seemingly because we don't know what's happening, obviously, and you know they could show us that they're happy and they're having a good time, but deep down they could have their own problems. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone's like that, but of course you don't see that when you're in that frame of mind. So you're scrolling through your phone, and you're seeing all these people having going on days out or in relationships or doing this, and they look really happy, or the, and it's just things what you want and things that you've never experienced or never had. Um, and I used to just literally just sit on a weekend and of course I didn't really get many phone calls and stuff from people asking me to do things back then as well so I was literally just on my own all day Saturday all day Sunday in my room just not doing anything wallowing in self-pity let's say for example and then the next day when I used to go to work on a Monday they go how was your weekend And I go yeah you know what it was really good <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean Because I, yeah. I wanted to put on that facade like I was I was a busy guy and I was doing stuff and things like that and so when I did eventually tell people it was a Saturday and I remember getting out of the shower and I was I was again my head was all over the place and I remember just sitting down on my chair where I am now and I had my phone on me and I downloaded like a like an an app where you can obviously write things and stuff like that and my head was literally an absolute shed at that point in time and I thought you know what I think it's about time I tell people now I said I think I'm ready just to get it all out I said the longer I keep holding these feelings inside I'm never going to progress. I'm never going to get better. And I'm never going to have a stable relationship with, with let's say family or friends or, you know, find a girl or anything like that, because I just can't snap out of this. So I just sat here and I literally just, it, it, it was weird. It just came naturally. Like I just remember, and there was never a time where I stopped and thought, mm, what shall I say now? It just like, my fingers went straight onto the, to the phone and then I just didn't stop writing. And I think there was a, there was a point where I was like, geez, it's getting a bit long now. I might need to stop to be fair, you know, because I just, I could have kept on going and going and going, but. So as I posted it, I was like, right, let's see what happens from that point. And then straight away, I mean, messages, messages, like people didn't realise and stuff. And it was just a huge way just to tell people and let people know. Like I said, it wasn't for attention. That's literally the last thing I ever wanted to do. It's due to the fact that I wanted to let people know why I was this way, why I was the person I am right now compared to the guy they knew a couple of years ago when I was this, like, happy-go-lucky kid and I was always outdoors and stuff and I wanted to do stuff and I, and I was really adventurous to now being a kid that you didn't see anymore and stuff and I was always inside because they probably thought oh, it's just a bit boring a bit strange that a bit strange that kid I think to be fair so and that's why I tell people and like I said one of the main reasons as well is because I really wanted other people to come forward and like I said I'm glad they did because I got a, a, a ton of messages from people from friends like you said from school friends who got in touch with me and said look you know I'm going for exactly the same thing you know, this is my story and stuff. And it was, it was really, really nice. Really, really nice. Um, just to get, obviously, you know, their story as well. And I'm, you know, I'm proud that, and I'm humbled as well to to, to be able to say that. Obviously, people said that to me, because like I said, mate, they could, they could have, you know, maybe some of them actually said to me, I'd even told my mum this, or I've not even told yeah. my partner this, or something like that. And you're telling me, and it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, that meant a, a great deal as well when people were saying that.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, the, the point you put up there about attention and stuff like that, and I can, like, if, if Matty was meant to be on today, but uh, we've had to kind of put it back. It was meant to do this yesterday, but things happened and whatever. But um, yeah, Matty always Matty's really good at things like that. We we, we say, like, you can, I think from experience, I think you might be the same. You can kind of see when people are kind of looking for that attention, though. They yeah. think, like, I, I can read it, read it like a book. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's the misconception of what, I think we get, especially with obviously being on a podcast and stuff like that, is it's attention, isn't it? And people post stuff for attention. and it's, it's, it's not the case. I just want people to know that there are people out there, similar to you and me. And yeah, and you can come out and just chat like, like we're chatting about football or whatever or chatting about whatever going out with the lads or just having a beer and just chatting about normal things. This should be normal.
1: Don't you think? Of course it should. I mean, and, and I think that the I think The most difficult thing about that, though, is like you said, a lot of people back then, because there was such a huge stigma around it, people did think, oh, just attention-seeking, man. Yeah. Just like, oh, everyone's got problems. You know what I mean? Everyone suffers from from this and that. You're not on your own in this. I mean, I remember when I first came out of it and and I got a message, actually, a, a good story to be fair. I remember um, we had sort of like, a, the company I worked at, Reach PLC, it covered, of course, right across the UK. So we handle all the newspapers across the UK. So we had like one main business website reach. And of course, we put like maybe articles on there from people from London and Canary Wharf. We used to put articles and stuff. And I actually, for, from one of my colleagues, actually, she managed to get my article that I wrote. She managed to get it published on the website. So of course, people in the London offices or Liverpool offices or something like that could read it. And I remember putting it up and I remember coming into, into work one day and I got a, a message from someone um, internally, of course, who I didn't know. And it was a reporter, I think she was a head reporter for the Liverpool Echo or Manchester Evening News or one of the two big papers. And she said, look, I've just read your story. I want to I tell you that you're brave for doing this, blah, blah, blah. She said, I was, I've always been of the ilk of the old age tradition in that mindset of just crack on with things. You know, I'm in my 40s now and stuff like that. And I always thought, you know what, if, you, if you're down or you're suffering depression, so is everybody else, Just crack on with it. you know like stone fist kind of thing just get through it and stuff like everybody else does and she said I've realized obviously as the years have progressed and of course as mental health has become a lot bigger and especially reading your story that it's not it's not that simple people aren't just doing it for attention there is a genuine reason why people are crying out for help um or there is a genuine reason why people don't obviously mention all this stuff until it's too late because this is exactly the mentality what people still have um and it is a shame when you, I mean, I do get sort of like, not annoyed or not angry, but I'm just a little bit disappointed when I still see people who are in that frame of mind, who are still sort of like in that traditional mindset of, oh, well, you know what it is, what it is, just try and get on with it, just man up, just, just get on with it, you know what I mean? It's, it is what it is, it's life for everyone kind of thing. I have seen that, of course, life's side for everyone. There's probably a million and million and million people that, you know, out there, who have a, you know, a lot worse than I do. Uh, and mentally, you know, whatever, socially, whatever. But at the end of the day, that that's that's absolutely fine. But that doesn't disregard what, let's say, you're going through or I'm going through. Still, you know what I mean? So I'm not doing it. I'm not saying for one second that, of course, the world revolves around me. And I want you to know this because, of course, I want you to to know what I'm going through and take pity on me. Not at all. I just want to let you know, of course, that I, you know, sometimes if I am struggling, this is the reason. You know what I've gone through and stuff like that. So, yeah, there is a. It is sometimes a bit difficult when you come across people like that. Fortunately, though, I've not really come across a lot of lot of people like that in the in the last couple of years, though. It's only the odd person what does say the old man up kind of thing, and it's just like, whatever, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will man up then. Cheers for that. Great advice, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <Cheers. nasty>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks, mate. I'll take that on the chin. Thank you. I'll just go man up on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but like you mentioned it there, like I like we um. Mention it on here quite a lot about kind of generational things as well. Like mental health back when I was young is completely different to what mental health is for you nowadays. And um, a bit younger than me, unfortunately. So um, yeah, so like we always say, like back when I was there, it was that mentality, the mentality and attitudes towards mental health was oh, fucking come on, mate, sort it out, just get a grip, and <laughs> and that's why I think yeah. the, the, the thing of talking, making talking normal it's just, it's a difficult thing to do.
1: Of course it is. And I mean, like you said, because you do get, obviously the, I mean, you maybe have family members and stuff. I mean, I know I had some, I've got probably some family members now What maybe are still maybe in that mindset of just get on on with it, unfortunately. But it's not because they they mean any ill will. It's just because, unfortunately, that's their, that's the way they've been brought up. That's their generation kind of thing. The 50s, the 60s, the 70s was quite a, you know, women had to be women and stuff. You, you yeah. had to do this, you had to do that. Men had to be men and, and this and that. And obviously, as the ease of aggression and stuff like that, thankfully, we've come out of that kind of, that mentality where it's, you don't have to obviously keep to that traditional style what obviously your parents and other people from other generations went through. You can talk about it. It is, it is good for a man to talk about. I mean, look now, I mean, look how many things have propped, uh, cropped up in regards to mental health for everyone. I mean, you've got also Andy's Man Club, which is a godsend for a lot of people. Um, which obviously just primarily focuses around, obviously, men's health and doing things. I mean, they have done so much for, for the charity and for, for mental health as it is. Um, and you've got other other charities as well around Hull and, and the UK and stuff, which are, which are fantastic. And I think that's only going to continue to grow as well because, of course, a lot more people... I say this, but it seems like a lot more people are becoming a little bit more comfortable in regards to talking about it, which is fantastic to see. I'm hoping now that, of course, this doesn't stop. It's just people go back to the to yeah. the old ways of just, you know, shying away from it or, or talking bad about someone. I mean, you still get those problems. I mean, social media is a huge culprit of it. I mean, you still go on Twitter mm-hmm. and you'll see like a celebrity saying, oh, why are you, look at all these comments I'm getting and stuff against me. And I mean, you're still going to get those absolute assholes out there. And it's as simple as that. Every, <sighs> there's going to be an arsehole. Anywhere you go, you know what I mean. So unfortunately, that's the way it is. But that's why you've got to surround yourself with the people you care about most and who you trust and you know, what I mean, you like being around and and care about and stuff. So that's what it comes down to for me anyway. Now I just try and surround myself and be with the people that I want to be with and uh, I who I enjoy the company with and mean the most to me and stuff like that. So that's that's been a great help. Yeah, I think that's a,
0: a big thing to take away if you if you are watching and listening. Um, is 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 the people you surround yourself with have a massive effect on how good you feel? I think like for me, my my friendship circle's got a lot smaller, uh, mm. and the the people I actually want to hang around with, I, I mean that they're the people I actually I want to hang around with. Like the, the but I was a DJ and stuff like that, and I was quite, quite kind of popular and stuff, and I just I just fall fall by the wayside. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. um, yeah, I actually. I actually have a group of friends I actually want to spend time with now. And like the the people in your life who do bring bad kind of mental health or give you bad feelings or make you feel bad about yourself. Just, I know it's it's quite cynical, but just get rid. Don't spend time with those people. Don't
1: bring them into your life. Just, thanks very much. You're only going to bring you down. I mean, I've, and I never realized that until people were, I always saw articles, I always saw people's comments and stuff saying things like that, like, oh, if you've got any bad seeds or toxic people then you like, get rid of them. And I thought, yeah, but sometimes it's not, that, it's not that easy because, of course, you know this person, blah, blah, blah. But as you get older, you just get fed up of the, the crap, basically. And you just think, you know what, I'm tired of it now. I'm, I'm not getting any younger and stuff like that. I want people around me and I want to be around people who aren't toxic, Or I enjoy being around, like you said. And obviously, because that, makes, that picks you up. If you're around people who are on the same level as you, they know you, you know, like inside out and stuff. Like the group of friends I have now, I mean, we do everything with each other. We go and play football. We'll we'll, we'll go out drinking. You know, we'll we'll do this. We'll go to barbe. Whatever whatever we can do to see each other. But not once am I around these people who, who I've known for years and think mm, I don't really think I like you. Like you're a bit of a dickhead, to be fair. Because these are the people that I've now chosen to to stay in contact with, and I want to stay in contact with for the rest of my life because this is such a close group of friends that that's never going to happen now. Like I know these people like. You know, the the family, basically, now these, uh, you know, my best friends and stuff like that, and they always will be. So that's, of course, the, the best thing for me. The the more I associate myself and, and be around people that I want to be with, the better it is for you and your mental health and stuff like that. So definitely, if that's some advice for anybody listening to For Wiz, maybe going through that you know maybe you have got maybe some some maybe it could be family members as bad as it sounds you get family members who are talking to it. it's not just friends it's unfortunately it's family members what i like that I'll, I'll always put you down i'll always say this and that to you little snarky comments about your appearance or stuff and bring your mental health down or they won't believe when you you try and talk about it um so I mean, honestly those people you don't need you don't need in your life as bad as it is if it's family members whatever you, you really don't need them don't need they're only going to bring you down to their level and they're only going to obviously make you feel a lot worse about yourself. And unfortunately you'll, you won't progress as well. If you keep those people in your life, well, fair enough. If you want to keep them in your life, you do what you want. That, but unfortunately you're not going to progress. You're not going to get out of that situation. You're always going to be stuck like that. So if you want to do that, it's your life. Who am I to say? But, yeah. you know. I think that's what, to, that that comes from speaking about your mental health. You'll soon,
0: soon notice a change in the people around you once you start talking about stuff and, yeah, and how we feel a bit more and being open, and stuff, especially as as men, you know, and um, you'll you'll see the change in people, and you want to start seeing through people, and you know, you you actually make me feel shit. I don't want to be around you. It's the same with yeah. Um, if you're in a bad relationship, like I know well, a couple of my friends bad relationships, but uh I know someone who goes from bad relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship, and it's that's a girl. <laughs> She's a girl as well, but. Um, yeah, so like even if you're in a bad relationship, as bad as it is, and uh, like having someone there and a companion and someone to be with, but if, if it's not, it's not there, then you just got to bite the bullet and think of yourself and think, and you know what I mean, like get rid. I think that's I think that's yeah. to do, and uh, exactly as as it is as harsh as it is. If it makes you feel bad, and doesn't. Doesn't promote anything in in you. You just got to say, look, I don't want to be around you. You, you make me.
1: <laughs> you're really no, me. No, no. You really annoy me. Make me feel bad. And the people oh, I... that are in your life, you do want to be around and stuff. Make sure that you are there for them as well. When of course they're after they did, mm-hmm. you know the dark days. Because at the end of the day, you know it it only takes one bad day for for anyone obviously to to spiral into that sort of like abyss so to speak in that dark hole so if you if you see a friend or anything like that or one of your best friends I mean in your close group of circles who you really really care about and you notice a change or anything definitely try and see if they're okay and stuff because that's all sometimes that's all someone's asking for they're crying out for someone just to be there and like I said when it came from like Vicky me talking to her and stuff she could have easily turned around and said do you know what it's not really i'm not professional in this so you, you maybe have to i'm really sorry but you're going to, have to talk to someone else i'm just here as a work colleague and stuff like that i don't even say it to you but like i said she didn't do that she was there for me and she continued to be there for me as did obviously everybody else who of course who are well in and stuff like that so yeah definitely surround yourself with the, the people that you want to be around i think whatever. yeah like
0: it may sound harsh but you know it is a, it is a thing to do sometimes you just sack people off and just don't do it for you and stuff like that and make you feel shit yeah. but I remember, I remember I've, I've done it quite recently actually like but then you get a message saying look I was I, I know sometimes I'm a bit off with you it's because I'm going through this and they'll start telling you it's mm. just defense mechanism to you know call you something or make you feel bad it's, it's their defense mechanism to, to keep you away from finding out what's wrong with them it's like you say it's a vicious oh, okay. action isn't it
1: Mhm. Really is, mate. Really is a vicious thing, and it's like I said, it's difficult to snap out of it. But and this is what's so good about these podcasts and the other things, obviously what you have on. And that's why I said, mate. Obviously, I appreciate obviously everything that you're doing at the moment because it is a really good outlet for people to get out there. Not only obviously to share their story and to get things off their chest and to let other people know, but also to make other people realise that if you've gone through obviously the worst of times and stuff, or I have, or anybody, and there's other people. Like I said, there's millions of people still going through exactly the same stuff. Then all you need to do is literally just watch this. I know it's difficult, and I'm not saying it's bloody easy. Like, you're just going to go, Do you know what? I'm actually going to tell my story now. But just trust us when we say that, of course, it, it, You know, if you do share your story, fair play to you. It's very, very brave to do so. But you'll see that a lot of things will start gradually easing off you when you do let people know or you do go and get help and stuff like that. Maybe you have got, you know, I'm not saying like it's the as soon as you start talking to someone, that's it, it's going to get eradicated. Because I know people who've gone and talked to professionals, let's say, Oh, I've had CBT and it didn't work or I've, I've had this and I've talked to someone it just didn't work and unfortunately because it's so deep rooted in the brain still and it still, still can't get out of it then unfortunately it's, it's going to take a lot more um, to, to, to sort of like get over that and stuff but like I said as long as you just surround yourself with that's the, the key thing for me is keeping yourself in a, a good routine and keeping yourself sort of like motivated in regards to looking after yourself still and uh, and making sure you you're doing things for you but also being around the people that you really want to be around uh, and instead of like you said mark instead of being around those toxic people who you really can't stand that's going to go a long way for you to you know to to, to, to get better and progress basically
0: yeah i totally agree liam yeah i, I, I share what you say you know the, the more people out there like me not to blow me on trumpet but doing things like this and coming on and it is really brave it is very brave to come on publicly and, and speak about some of the things you've been from I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story yeah. with us and stuff. And it's hopefully someone will oh, it, it, may you, it, it inspire a lot of people to come out and, and have a chat and stuff. But um I want to cover something. um Obviously, I mentioned I met Liam at the gym. How have you found? Obviously, going through what you went through and being agrophobic, shall we say, like staying in and stuff. And how have you found going into a, a gym environment and getting kind of
1: fit and healthy? How was how has that kind of affected your mental health? Um, well, I think we need to do a big shout out to to Proactive because everything that they've done, as the community itself, is is second to none. I mean, if there's if you're one of those people who really just want to get out there and, and and try any kind of fitness, but you don't like like I do, you didn't like like a contemporary gym, going on your own, you didn't know what to do, and you were so nervous and embarrassed because you want big and inch and stuff. And I'm not like that at all. Still, so when I, I remember when I first ever stepped foot in there, and I'm saw Alex, you know, you see Jane stuff, and you see other. People in there and stuff for quite big, you think mm, bloody hell. But that is literally the best community you could literally be around. Like it's it's absolutely incredible. And what they did for for me mentally as well, but not only physically and of course, but mentally. I mean, there are not only does I mean it's very rare to find a gym what what not only obviously caters towards your physical aspects and physical needs and stuff and wants you to progress obviously and look better and stuff, but they'll get you in for a chat if you, if you're ever feeling bad and stuff yeah. like that. Like let's say for example, Jay Jay Belly, a fantastic example of a person who, who's also gone through stuff, but he'll always put these, you know, motivational, inspiring posts up and stuff like that, how you can better yourself, what he's doing to better himself and what you can do as well. And I absolutely love that and stuff. So it's a fantastic community. But like I said, I was crapping myself when I first started. Yeah. I never, as you can see, mate, I've, never, I've never really been a, a hench kind of guy. I've never, I've always been, like I said, I've always been quite skinny. My aim was obviously to put on more weight muscle-wise and, and fat-wise and stuff and just get a little bit bigger and stuff. And like I said, when I went in there and I looked around, it was very daunting. Like I said, I wasn't used to that. But as the months progressed, like I couldn't, I'd never doubt it for, for one second. I never regret one second of being there. I mean, like I said, not only just the community as well, like met you and met some other incredible, amazing people um, and the team atmosphere and Just in general was amazing, but the just the the trainers Alex and Jane and Rob and two Toms and everyone like that just what they do for you mentally and physically is just in seconds and on. So I wouldn't honestly I couldn't recommend that place higher. Like it's it's, it's, and what they did for me of course was was fantastic. And I think I was only there for what six months because I think I started in like July and I obviously I left for Australia in December and stuff. So it's not like I was there for absolutely ages. So just in that small small time frame what they did for me and you know and like I said I'm proud of myself for doing that because I I stepped out of my comfort zone and sometimes you do need and as bad as it sounds sometimes you do if you are struggling sometimes you do need to step out your comfort zone and it's as hard as it is once you cross that threshold of uh, of stepping over your comfort zone and doing something what maybe a few months before and stuff you'd be absolutely petrified of doing like I said I was petrified of going to gym and, and being able to try to pick up weights and stuff with these little scrawny arms and stuff. I was like, it's not going to work. Um, but honestly, as soon as I stepped in, they make you feel at home. And that's what you want. You know, you want to, if you go to a contemporary gym on your own and you're fine with that, and that's sort of like your, your escape, then good on you. If you go with your friends and stuff and that's also your escape and you enjoy that fair enough. Like, I'm not saying that you need to join a community like this. I'm just saying that for me personally, this place helped me a great deal. And I think just in general, keeping fit is a huge thing for me. Like I've always played football all my life. But like I said, in the recent years and, and going through all this, that all stopped. I didn't do anything. So of course I just got really unfit. I wasn't putting on any muscle or weight or anything. And I said, it's just time for a change. And like, you know, physical activity is huge for your, you know, for your mental absolutely state of mind and stuff like that. Just to, I mean, you'll know first thing, what you mark. of course, what you've yeah. done and progress that you've had, mate, in the last couple of, months and years while she have been at proactive mate is incredible so you'll know first hand, of course what it can do for you
0: yeah I, I I said in nearly every podcast like if you if you listen to the first ones about what I, what I did I brought Benno and Benno like Alex Benson he yeah uh, picked the phone up to Alex I knew him kind of before I went to the gym tuned him a little bit through another thing um, down at East Park we are based in Hull by the way so if we reference anything it's all in Hull so East Park just around the corner from me I used to train with Ian Morrison the ex-rovers player and then I met Alex through through, through Mozza and stuff and then uh, I rang I Alex and said look mate I, I need your help and then I've, I've gone through there but yeah that gym is just amazing I always say it's it's one of the big saving graces to what I've come through and just um, like you said, the people like I, I've met myself and, and and Jay's massive influence. And if it if it wasn't for Jay, actually, I would never have done this podcast. I would have never have started. He always mm. kind of pushes me. He pushes me, which I really I can't thank him enough for doing. Really. And then like the people and just getting fit. I'm all right, like body image wise. I know we talk about body image, but I don't like. I'm the same as you. I look in the mirror and I go, oh yeah, I could do with a little bit here and a little bit there and stuff, but. Uh-huh. I'm I'm over that now. I'm over that now. I, I just it just yeah. makes me feel better. It'll just mentally mentally as well, not just physically. Cause it, it toughens you up. I think it toughens you up and it, it yeah it gradens that kind of never give up attitude, which I think you need if you're going to start a recovery process. And I I always say you don't have to go to a gym. You can go for a walk. You can go for a a jog or put some music in or put a podcast in, and just go for a. <laughs> um, and just go for a walk and just get out and yes. do some exercise. I think that's the big thing people forget. Obviously it is tough and it is, you have to go out of your comfort zone. You have to leave the house, unfortunately. But yeah. if you do it, honestly, you will not look back and it is the best thing to do. I, I can't recommend proactive or going to a, a gym and stuff or just doing some exercise. And before you know it, you know, your chins go yeah, and you start activating it is- and stuff yeah and eating nutrition i'm gonna get jay on i promise yeah. you keep saying i'm gonna get jay on the podcast it's gonna happen very I'm soon to we're gonna get jay on very soon to talk through nutrition and getting healthy and stuff but <laughs> um you mentioned uh australia we haven't covered australia so you 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 booked a booked a flight and and did one how what what kind of what process did you go through to kind of was it for kind of finding yourself kind of trip or was it a work trip or was it something to to, to kind of get away from things? Yeah
1: it was a uh, it, it's always been on um, my it's always been on my bucket list to go something like, I've, I've always like I talked to family members and friends and stuff wanting wanted to go for a long time but of course a lot of things got in the way Um you know, because what I was thinking and what I was going through I was overthinking a lot of stuff. I'm like, right, what am I going to do when I get there? How am I going to take care of myself and, and this? And what are people going to think of me? And oh, honestly, again, my head was just getting in the way, and I was like, right, I am going to do it though because so I need to do it. And as cringy as it sounds and as cheesy as it sounds, I used to watch like motivational videos and stuff and and travel motivational videos. Just when people like, you need to get yourself out there and just go for it. And I'm like, I don't need to go for it. And then, but I didn't this year to next january of course he had a, a working holiday visa which lasts for a year and um, but of course uh, as my luck would have it we get a, a global pandemic in 2020 so i had to unfortunately i had a, a little bit of money left i lost my job over there i was being quite stubborn so obviously i was finding myself and the best thing about this experience i mean I do, like i said i I cherish the memories that I had over there and I cherish the, the people that I met over there as well because they made a huge, huge difference to, to my whole experience. But the, the memories that I had when I went over there were were, were seconds and on, I'd have never changed it for the world. Um, and like I said, unfortunately we had a global pandemic so I had to come home, but I was being stubborn because this has been a of man for so long. I remember all my friends over there I met were going home and I was like, Do you know what, I still have a job. Um, I still have a job and stuff over here, and and I don't need to go home just yet. So I'm going to try and hold out as much as I can. And then, unfortunately, I lost that job and I got you know let go because of course what was happening. And then it came to a point where I was like, right, now I need to go. Like I can't, I can't be here when everything's closing down and stuff. I need to go. So unfortunately, I had to make my way back home. I only had literally the right amount of money to get a flight home as well. I didn't have anything less, anything more. So I was, it was like Goldilocks. I just had the right amount to get a flight home as well. If I stayed there what I've still been there, what I've been able to, to sort of like secure myself something else and what I be able to, to hold it out. Who knows? But like I said, it's all hindsight and I can't dwell on it now. Like I said, I've done it. I've been there. I've, I've, I'm, have you know, I'm glad I did it. I'm proud of myself for doing it because like I said, if you asked me a couple of years ago to go there I'd have been like, you're mad. right I'm not going to another, another country and stuff and I feel like this and I look like this and stuff. You have no chance. But and don't get me wrong, there was times when I was over there where I still got nervous about, because these are strangers I've never met and I'm in a completely different country. And I don't have the, the home comforts of just being able to go in my room and shut myself away. This is sort of like a huge turning point for me because I had to get myself out there. I had to stay in a room with strangers and stuff and sleep in, like, in, in camps and stuff with, with tons of people I didn't know. Um so that, like I said, these are all learning points for me to, to get more confident. And like I said, I've come home and one of the first things, you know, people used to say to me is like, look, you, you do seem a lot more confident now in regards yeah. to yourself doing things. And sometimes that's all it takes. You need to sort of like, just like I said, as 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 scary as it sounds. And right now, if you're going through a similar thing and you re, you know, you, you really wanted to do things or go away or do this or go to a gym or whatever, you need to try and, and cross that threshold of, of, that scary threshold of of course getting out that cumbersome and doing it because I guarantee you once you do it and you do something that you've always wanted to do like you said Matt whether it's gym or whether it's going away or whether it's going abroad or whether it's finding a relationship for example and putting yourself out there to find someone the second you do it and the second you're brave enough to do that and it, it does work out well for you you'll never look back and it'll be the best decision that you made so I don't regret it but Big gutted to come home, but now I can, of course, focus on myself here and, uh, and you, know, fi- you know, forming relationships again and, and meeting up with friends and doing stuff and enjoying myself and doing more things over here. So, it's like I said, it was all a learning curve. And I'm, I'm proud, you know, that I can be in that elite group to say that I have travelled to Australia, I've experienced it and stuff. So
0: Yeah, it's something I've always thought about. I, I, was, I was similar to you when I was going through my thing. I was, I'd do anything to get away. I was a runner. I'd run away from everything. Anything tricky, I'd just run away from.
1: Mm. But
0: like, you know, coming out and speaking about what I was going through, so I'd just run away from it. Like, I took a job in Leeds to get away. I thought that I might do it. Get away from everyone, start again kind of thing, and it meant me twice as (laughs) wise. Yeah, it meant me twice as bad. I should never have gone there. I mentioned it on one Mm. of the podcasts, it's the worst decision when I go there. It is running away from things. It's the worst decision to do. It may may seem it because you're running away from it, but eventually... Whatever you're going through, it will just catch up here. Yeah? So you just constantly do that?
1: Tackle
0: head on, yeah. Um, I, I, that's, that's, that's a big thing I've learned, is just face your, face your things head on and tackle them as soon as they come up, put them to bed, and then crack on. But yeah, it's always something I wanted to do. <laughs> it, it sounds is yeah. Yeah, I'd love to go. But <laughs> do you know what? We've had a few difficulties during this thing, and I hope it's recorded. I hope it's recording. I've got a strange feeling it might not have done, but yeah, I think it would have done, mate. I hope I so. Right. Uh, I just want to thank Leah. Any any kind of any kind of message you want to leave before we crack on? Any kind of anyone watching, anyone listening, um, going through something similar to you, Liam? What would you, what's the best advice would you say?
1: Absolutely, mate. I think well, I think we've covered it, haven't we? Obviously, in regards to uh, we. I, look, I know it's hard. You know it's hard and stuff like that. And and like I said, I've still got things that I need to work on. I sometimes get ahead of myself and like to jump jump the ship um, and, and, and talk sometimes a little bit too much about my experience. Sometimes you don't need to do that, remember? So, of course, if you do eventually come out with something, take it from me, you don't always need to tell them it straight away because it, it, cause you fear that they might leave you or stuff like that in the future. If you were you eventually know, tell them down the line or stuff like that, gradually get to it. Because at the end of the day, I think it's a bit scary for someone else as well, what I've experienced, where as soon as you meet someone or as soon as you start getting to know someone or whether it's a friend or whatever and then as soon as as soon as you get to know them after the first couple of weeks or something straight away you're putting it all on them or what you've gone through yeah. and stuff gradually he's into that like i said it's a huge huge thing it's not just like you're telling them that you, you know you once once upon a time you went to RB for or stuff like that a little memory this is a huge thing that's happened to you so sometimes a lot of people need to take a step back and think whoa like i've got a little bit of pressure on me now to deal with that so just remember that of course if you if you are open with it and if if you are brave enough to talk about it and stuff, sometimes you don't need to talk about it straight away. Sometimes it's still good to keep things in, of course. But at the same time, what I would say, of course, and what Mark would say and anybody who've come, or of course who comes on this podcast is that if you're still out there and you're still struggling, which I'm sure there's, like I said, there's hundreds and thousands of millions of people out there still struggling every single day. But if you are nearly at that point where you really want to discuss it with someone, and you you nearly get in there and stuff, just try your hardest just to get past that point. Because like I said, I suffered for six, seven, eight years without telling no one. Mark, obviously, you said, you suffered for a long time before you reached out and stuff. And the longer that you keep it in, and the longer, of course, that it lets you, you allow it to eat eat you up and eat inside of you and stuff like that, the worse it's going to be in the long run. Because like I said, I, I lost job opportunities. I lost relationships. I lost yeah, a good chunk and a good part of my life due to, of course the mental side and the physical side of things and just let things get in the way and stuff so looking back now you know I keep myself thinking well why did we just do that I why did we do this but you know you can't do that though never never fault of course what you've been through I think that'd be my big advice as well now don't be embarrassed of course what you've been through or don't fault yourself for any decisions that you've made due to of course what you're going through because at the time no one knows what you're going through and they can they can try and understand it like if someone turns around to me and says you know, I'm suffering through real bad depression at the moment. I just don't I can't snap out of it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say to him, Yeah, I know exactly how you're feeling right now, because I don't. My depression is probably completely different to yours, Mark's or somebody else. So what I'll say to him, I'll just give him as much help and support as I as I possibly can. And that's all I'd say. If like I said, if you've got like a family member or a a friend or anything like that where you can see the telltale signs of they are struggling um, you know, mentally and stuff like that. All it takes is just a an arm around the shoulder kind of thing uh, whether that's obviously or you know literally or, or or figuratively just just be there for them and obviously make them aware that they have got people there for them of course that they can reach out I know it's hard to reach out and talk like I don't think I would have done this podcast a couple of years ago Um so like I said mate honestly I appreciate so much of course for, first of all you allowing me on but of course and, and sharing my story but of course what you're doing for for other people in the same situation as well mate it's a, it's a it's a great deal and I don't think you realise it um what it does for obviously a lot of people just to talk and, and, and help other people. So it's a brilliant platform mate, that you're doing.
0: Uh, thanks mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. A lot of people actually, I, I'm, I'm quite modest. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I, I do it for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, like, I'm sure you, you wrote that article for a reason. You want people to see it and you want people to read it and you want people to understand. I think, I think the big thing about this is I want people to understand that people do struggle to talk about things and, and express themselves and don't have to be about mental health. You just got to express yourself and the way you feel about things. And, but no, I appreciate that, mate. I really do. Yeah. It means a lot, actually. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Liam, I really do appreciate you coming on and I think it's recorded. <Let's help>. <laughs> Thank you so much, mate, for giving up your time and sharing your story. And, your, and your anybody yeah. out there going through anything similar, please take his advice and just do it. And just get out there and start talking and go get some help. There's some links up there to Let's Talk and uh, Liam's article as well. So, mate, I appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Pumping those guns. Yeah,
1: let's hope
0: <laughs> 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 Hit the like and comments. Any questions for Liam, any questions for me and the guys, just leave them down below. And hopefully, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Liam, mate. I really do appreciate it. Cheers, bud. Thank you, mate.